What's up everyone? Rian Casey here. Thanks so much for listening to episode one of the Fit Physio podcast. In this episode, I chat to my good friend Clodagh Burrell, who, as you will soon hear, has agreed to be my co-host. Clodagh and I chat about our own careers to date and really just wanted to set the scene for the journey so far for episodes to come. I really enjoyed this chat and picked up some useful tips on making maintenance lists and strategies to look after my own mental health. So thanks again for listening and hope you enjoy the episode. Clodagh, how are you? Good morning, Rian. I am flying. Thanks. How are you? I am very well, thank you. So I know I said in my introduction that this podcast was really going to be for, for everyone. And the first thing I do is I go and I get another physiotherapist on. So I think today's <laughs> episode obviously will be a little bit more physio related, just purely because, as, as I said, we are both physios. But going forward, I think the theme will be really the journey so far. And, and the, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on in particular was, I guess, because we both are in a similar situation, probably career-wise at the moment. But if we look at our journeys so far, we've kind of taken slightly different routes to get there. And, you know, with you more or less leaving, leaving Ireland straight away after university, and, and I actually stuck around for a couple of years before eventually leaving and, and kind of, as I say, taking a slightly different route to get where we are today. I'll let you go into a little bit more detail about that route in itself. But if you'd like to maybe introduce yourself, I think most people who are listening today will probably know who you are, but I'll give you a chance to, to, to introduce yourself and maybe tell us a bit about your journey so far. Thanks, Rian, and thanks for having me on here. My name is Cloda. I'm a physiotherapist in, here in Melbourne, originally from Ireland. And you probably, um, the reason I'm probably your first guest is you're, I'm a talkaholic, a chataholic. And so I'm delighted to be able to come on and have a chat to you. And I think most of our time together is spent chatting about the most random stuff in the world. And now we're starting to record it. So fun times. But just in relation to the journey so far, I finished up uni over seven years ago now in Ireland. And at that time, jobs in Ireland were quite scarce you either had to go to a very competitive market to try and get a job in in a hospital, which is what our our uni degree is geared towards, or there were some, you know, unpaid internships in private practice or a little bit of sports work. And that's what I was doing. I was doing um, a good bit of teamwork before I left, but I always wanted to travel. And I knew as soon as I finished uni, I was going to be gone. Um, And a great opportunity came up for Irish physios to go and live and work in New Zealand. And so myself and 11 others, 12 of us took off <laughs> to New Zealand at the complete other side of the world, 24 hour flight away. And that's where kind of the real physio, the real physio life experience began, which to be honest, I don't think I would have got if I stayed in Ireland, just because there was only little bits and pieces everywhere here and there. And I wouldn't have got the same experience or exposure to clients as I did in New Zealand. Uh, we arrived there in September seven years ago and we got straight into it. We had a month's Pilates training first, nine to five every day, really in-depth Pilates training. And then we got stuck into, you know, 60 hour weeks, seven o'clock start in the morning, working till eight o'clock every night. And, and then Saturday, same thing. And it was great fun. I mean, 12 Irish let loose in Auckland, God help them. It was the best life experience as well as physio experience. But it definitely was such a strong base for our learning, which as I said, we wouldn't have got in Ireland at that time. 
not only in clinic and, and facing up to the real, you know, physio life, um, which is very, very different to what you learn at uni and very different to what you read in the textbooks, but also just being able to chat to each other and being able, like being surrounded by 11 other new grad physios who are also in that learning um, setting was really, really helpful and really useful. Any non-physios we had in our lives hated us because they were like, is there anything else you guys talk about other than physio? But it was such an experience. It was really, really good. And so from there, five years ago then, I moved to Melbourne for what I told my mammy one year. And here I am five years later. And I guess that really, that's where I really expanded on my career and grew into the field that I'm in today. And I'm very grateful to be able to work at Pinnacle Health Group and still be there, but to not only be a physio, but to have been in about five or six different roles since I've been there. So and um, that's really exciting. And that's it's just a, re a really nice way to show that we, you don't just have to be a physio and you don't just have to do you know, that hands-on work in private practice setting. There's a lot more to it. So yeah, that's me. Tell me about you. What about your journey so far? Yeah, I mean, again, quite similar, I suppose, in that obviously graduated in, in Ireland, similar to yourself, I think it was maybe a year after you finished. But yeah, you talk about, and I guess it's not really just applicable to physiotherapists, but anyone really in mm -hmm. Ireland who graduated from university around the same time as ourselves would have been exposed to a similar job market. And it, was, it really was quite difficult. And I do remember thinking at the time that, you know, I remember, say, for example, people from Singapore and I think New Zealand came to, to interview Irish physios to, to, with the view to obviously traveling and moving abroad. But at the time, I was quite determined to, to stick around and, and, and try kind of give it a bash at home, you know. And I remember I did a, an interview for an unpaid internship in Santry Sports Clinic. And I think it was a six month program. And again, it might, it, when I say unpaid, I think there might have been expenses or something small anyway. But I remember being absolutely devastated when I didn't get the, didn't get the job. And I mean, I do, I do often think back about that, that particular interview experience and, and not just the interview experience, but the experience of, I guess, rejection in general. And, and I remember thinking to myself, like, why was I so devastated about not getting a six month unpaid mm. internship you know it just now it seems absolutely crazy you know mm. but, um, especially when in ireland you need top marks to get into physiotherapy and you do four years of such intense not only study but placement and after all of that you're disappointed to not get an unpaid six month internship it's mad i oh, know it's it, it really it really seems bizarre when i think about it now and i guess the position i'm in now and and having met a lot of, you know, new grads and mentored a lot of new grad physiotherapists here in Australia, and I guess their mindset around salary expectation, job expectation, immediately post graduation just seems worlds apart from where we were all those years ago back in Ireland. But moving on, um, basically what I did, I did end up in an in, in an internship anyway, an internship program yeah. um, after this. And to be honest with you, it's probably where I learned most of even what I kind of know today you know and obviously a profession like physiotherapy is is constantly evolving and you know we're always learning in our, on, on the job but I really I feel I did learn an awful lot there um, yeah. and I worked there uh, the internship then obviously became a full-time job after I think it was about three months and I was exposed to a number of, of you know different populations different types of people different conditions 
And then from that role and from that job itself, I got in with the Offaly footballers as a, as a head physiotherapist. And, and I remember thinking to myself that I actually learned more on the car journeys from Dublin to Offaly with, with my, my boss at the time, who, again, more about life, more about physio, more about strength and conditioning, country music, everything. So, yeah, it was, it was a real, real experience. And like we've told, spoken about. Was that where you were practic- practicing your Raglan Road renditions? Ah, listen, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I learned it all. But, uh, yeah, really, like, I think, like we've spoken about at length before, you know, you can learn mm-hmm. everything in the textbooks and, I guess this again not, is not only applicable to, to physios, but just I guess every profession really. You can you can have all the knowledge in the world from the textbooks, but until you get stuck in, get your hands dirty, and and make mistakes, that's really where you learn your most of your learning comes from. I feel, but yeah, then yeah. in 2016, the end of 2016, I made the move to Australia, and yeah, got a job working with you guys in in Pinnacle, and and like yourself, have have kind of been thrown in to a number of different roles in <laughs> and have really kind of enjoyed the variety of the of the different roles that I've done and, and has really opened my eyes I guess to the the you know you don't necessarily need to be seeing patient after patient after patient that there are mm. a number of different um, job hats you can wear uh, with a physiotherapy degree really and it is just it really you just as I say you can there's a lots of different uh, routes you can take yeah and that's not just within the field of like oh you can work in the hospital which you can you can work in respiratory you can work in cardiothoracics you can work in uh, private practice you know you can work in aged care but even within those settings there are so many different work hats and roles that you can take on and you just need to figure out like you said throw yourself in the deep end expose yourself to all these different areas learn that it's okay to fail and find out where your passion lies and what you love and follow that because physiotherapy is so broad and so great as i'm sure every profession is it's about you finding your niche and what you're about and what you can connect with and then going with that and and that's just trial and error getting stuck in early getting like you said as we've spoken many times before our work ethic comes from that first job that we're in and also being Irish as well you work as hard as you can you take every opportunity but getting stuck in using every learning opportunity that you can and even now more than ever there's podcasts there's free courses ask the people around you you know be confident with your clients but be humble with your peers ask them everything they know ask why are you thinking this why are you doing this and ask yourself as well why am i doing this and that's where you're really going to find out where your passion lies and and when once you have that then you're sorted Yeah, so I guess moving on from that then, really it sounds like, you know, so far you've you've kind of come from Ireland, gone to New Zealand, come to Australia, and you know, you're now in a position where you've kind of figured out what it is you're passionate about, what it is that drives you and what it is that you want to do going forward and how, what direction you want to take. And do you want to tell us a little bit about, I guess, the different roles that you've done within your job at the moment that that have led you to to understand what it is that drives you or that you want to do going yeah. forward yeah well looking back I see it really in three stages I see Ireland as being very much take whatever you can and, and I'm 
very athletic. I love sports. And so being in the um, environment there with sport teams, I absolutely loved. I got, I think, the most buzz of it ever. But it's very, it's not, if, if you want to give your life to sports teams, it's, it's a lifestyle choice. You know, you're out nights and weekends, as you know yourself from being with Daphne team um, and so I just see that as, as something where I was grabbing every opportunity same with New Zealand very much based around work ethic and fun you know there was 12 of us there lots of learning lots of exposure lots of fun learning the actual reality of physio and and the importance of soft skills and learning how you know we need to empathize with the client in front of us it's not about the textbook it's really just about that person and understanding them and that's still a lifelong learning and I guess guess then when I came to Australia that's really the foundation of um, me exposing myself to the career that I really love and enjoy. And I, when we came here, I think I had five or six interviews in the first week. And as soon as I heard Tom Bosna, our current director on the phone, I was like, oh my God, this is the job for me. And my best friends who were here with me, Emma and Aideen will tell you that I was obsessed. I was like, I have to work there. Like This just sounds amazing. And you will know yourself from, um, you know, your first day in clinic here, getting the tour of, this clinic that overlooks the water and it's just perfect everything inside there calming music herbal tea and we're like is this where we're going to work as a physio you know you're used to like the curtain and the white room in Ireland or you know on placement it was completely different and it just blew my mind and I think what really really struck me at that time was the clientele that we had so here, I don't know if it's a different, I, I think it's very much a different um, view of physiotherapy here than in Ireland. But again, I haven't been there in seven or eight years, so I can't say that now. But when I was living in Ireland and when I was a physio there, it was more about you go to your physio to get fixed and that's it. You never see them again and you're done. And I love relationships and seeing people and building relationships over time. And I love chatting. And, you know, my clients now, are, I know more about them than I do about my best friends. So what I really liked about Pinnacle was that it's not just you don't come there to get fixed and leave again. These clients want to feel healthy and feel well. And it's, they want to invest in you and invest in your company to help them to feel better, whether that be through exercise, physio, or sometimes it would be through me chatting with them or advising them on their sleep or, you know, on doing meditation or sometimes even it comes to the point where they're diet. And I'm not an expert on any of those things. In fact, sometimes I see myself as a bit of a life coach, but I do like learning and I expose myself to all those different areas. And I realize that, you know, we, we know more about pain now than we ever did, but we still know so little about it. But pain is different for everyone. And there's so many different factors. It's not just the physical, the, the muscles, the joints, there's more to it than that. And I guess what Pinnacle gave me was this kind of avenue I could explore that and I could help these people to feel well in so many other ways, not just by using my hands or using dry needles. Um, and so that's what really drew me in. Um, and I could really put myself in their shoes because I'm, you know, it's the exact same. I'm young, I'm fit, I'm healthy. And they were the exact same. So it was almost like maintaining that and allowing them, helping them to get more out of their lives. So I started just, just being a physio there and I quickly moved into um, clinical Pilates coordinator, which was fun. That was kind of the start of my management journey. And then about a year later, I started to do um, manage a clinic. So become a center manager. And again, so many other skills there that you wouldn't even think of. Um, lots of leadership skills, lots of management skills, <laughs> lots of lots and lots of learning there, highs and lows, very much enjoyable. And that kind of led me into the role, the more of a leadership role where 
I was kind of chatting with our managers, yourself included, and we would have brainstorming sessions about, okay, how can we get even more out of this? How can we go to a broader scale? How can we, at the moment, we're really helping our, our clients to achieve more of their lives. What else can we do? How can we facilitate our own team members to achieve more and they can facilitate our clients? How can we go out to corporate companies? How can we help bigger companies to help their clients to feel well? And I hate using the word wellness because it's so cliche and it's, it's a term that's kind of overused in today's world. But for me, that's what it is. It's helping people to feel well, not through the green teas and, you know, your matcha latte or whatever. If every, everybody knows me, they know I'm basic. I like an Irish Barry's tea with a bit of chocolate. But just trying to strip it back and say, okay, well, how can you feel better? Every, all, every patient is different. How are you going to get this pain down to zero? And then how are you going to maintain it? What, what are your lifestyle choices that you're going to do to feel better, to feel well, basically? So yeah, clinical planners coordinator, manager, performance and, and development manager slash leader, and now workplace wellness consultant. So all of that in five years of, of physiotherapy jobs. So there's more options out there than just, you know, massaging and dry needling, which is great because as, as we all often discuss, Burnout is a big part of, of the physiotherapy. You'll have the stats on that. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think that's that's brilliant that you've that you've you've kind of highlighted the the different routes you can take. As because I think this particular episode, as I said, obviously going forward, yes, we're gonna have other people on to discuss their journey, but obviously today with both of us setting the scene and both of us being physiotherapists and and, and talking about our own journeys so far. Mm-hmm. I think, as, as you mentioned, burnout is a big problem. And, you know, physios within the first five years of their career, a lot of them tend, a huge percentage of them tend to leave the profession. And, and I think a lot of it is due to burnout and, and kind of a lack mm-hmm. of direction and kind of not really realizing that there are other avenues to go. And I think particularly in private practice, the, the expectation to see X number of patients in a week mm-hmm. is quite daunting to a new graduate physiotherapist and as I said it leads to burnout and and various other issues in in the first couple of years of your of your career and I think what you've mentioned all those different roles that you've done is really quite encouraging and I feel like if there are any younger physiotherapists listening today or of any new graduate physiotherapists listening today it's it really should highlight that you know you don't there are many other options with your physiotherapy degree and there's lots of different routes you can take and you don't need to feel you don't need to feel that you you have to leave and and try something else or go back to university to study something completely different that there are other options out there for you you know and even looking at my own journey from when i started or when i came to australia and that was similar to yourself where I probably was exposed to many different job hats and, and again came to the, the realization of what I'm passionate about and what I'm, what drives me and, and kind of what I want to do going forward. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, originally, obviously, similar to yourself, I went in as a, as a physio and, and got the tour from Tom Bosna in the, at the well. <laughs> I thought to myself, Jesus, I, I, I need to work. <laughs> is is nice and and one thing I do remember about Tom actually that he pronounced my name right when I met him first which is yes. as you know that is very unusual he, for for me for someone who is Australian I think he it. asked me like five times before he met you okay Ian with an R yes yeah. Tom Ian with an R so like <laughs> over and over and over yeah he, he's he's told me since that he, he had to practice it um 
practice quite a bit, but I was quite impressed with that when, when I met him first, I remember, and obviously very, very impressed with the wellness center and thought to myself, when I left, I was like, I'm going to hold off for a job here because there wasn't one immediately available. And I actually started as on a part-time role and, and which quickly became full-time. But um, I held off and rejected another role basically on the on the premise that I was going to work hard to get this role but it did pay off in the end because I was exposed as I mentioned to a number of different different areas and the first one really was was the Pinnacle First program which was like a mentorship program and I had done quite a bit of mentorship or mentoring kind of younger physiotherapists back home in Ireland in the clinic I was working in and and this kind of gave me the Pinnacle First program really probably gave me my first opportunity to put my own stamp or my own personality on it and I quickly realized it was something that I really, really enjoyed. And um, I did obviously then move into more, I guess, similar to what you were doing in the management role and, and definitely, look, definitely enjoyed aspects of it. And, and as we've discussed many times before, um, I do, I'll throw my hat at anything and give any, everything, anything a try once, you know. But definitely, probably not really the direction I saw my career going in or probably don't necessarily see my career going in. I think every physiotherapist at some point, if they're working in private practice, thinks that maybe one day they'll, you know, they might own their own clinic or their own practice, but maybe having done that role, I might, uh, might, <laughs> might rethink that one, I think. But, too uh, stressful. Too stressful, too stressful. <laughs> yeah, but look, as I said, learned so much in that role and definitely I'm very, very happy I did it and very, very happy I tried it. But I guess having done a number of different things and now as both myself and yourself are getting more into the workplace wellness consulting and I kind of have come to the realization that my passion really lies in two areas and one is is education and, and mentoring and, and and really trying to you know educate younger physiotherapists or, or new graduate physiotherapists and and that's why I really think like an episode like today's episode is is will be quite useful as I said because there are so many different avenues or so many different routes you can take within the physiotherapy profession so one as I said is is that kind of education or mentorship and then the second one is is kind of what we do on a daily basis really and it's just inspiring change or inspiring healthy change in in individuals and on a bigger scale so and i think that's why the, the the workplace wellness stuff when we're teaching virtual classes has been a really kind of a good opportunity to to get involved with that brings us nicely into talk a little bit more about I guess the world at the moment and the global pandemic the COVID-19 situation that is affecting everyone all around the world but yeah it's it's is I guess touching on what we were speaking about before and and the, the virtual wellness and the virtual physiotherapy sessions how have you found COVID-19 profession from a professional point of view so far yeah. obviously it's been quite a challenging time um, but has also presented, I think, quite a few opportunities as well. Yeah, and you and I are quite similar in in our COVID nineteen experience, I think, and and what we the insight we gained from it, and we've had lengthy discussions about the pros and cons of it professionally, especially. 
and initially for us I'm not putting bells and whistles on COVID to say that look at us this is what we've done during it and this is how great we are how adaptable and flexible we are because you know it was so hard at the start we live 24 hours flight away from our home our families and our hometown and that's not even possible at the moment and being told you know you're the, the you were jobless now and the government won't support you because you're on a sponsorship visa was really hard like it, it was frightening for both of us and at that time it was called almost like okay let's strip everything back and say what what can we do here and that's where we really relied on our soft skills and you and I have spoken at length again about how important our soft skills are in our profession especially and um, our clients love and that human contact and that human interaction and that's really what's most important that relationship building rather than the grade two hamstring tear that they have and that's really stood to us I think in this in these times because we have built those relationships and so because of that we are able to educate and influence our clients and influence that healthy change and that healthy behavior and it's been really nice a really nice shift because I think before it's been quite stressful at times when you have 15 those 15 or 16 clients a day coming into clinic expecting hands-on treatment and dry needling and that's not the only part of our profession in fact that's very very minimal part education and exercise is so much more important but because often people believe that that's what we do it's been very hard to change and to change their mind around it and to shift their their thinking around what a physiotherapist can offer them whereas COVID almost forced us into that and it was like, well, you can't see me now. So therefore I can see you only on the screen. What can you do for me? And because we had that, that relationship built with them, we could educate them around. Well, you know what? As we always chatted about exercises probably or is the number one thing that's going to help you now and in the long term. So let's do that. And it's been really useful and really exciting. We've been able to teach one-on-one -on -one exercise sessions with obviously an education and an understanding of pain and an understanding of the injury and, you know, being able to empathize and all these other skills that we've built on over the years, but we've definitely been able to influence that healthy change and that healthy behavior more than usual in a time that's when it's more important than ever. And then I suppose not only that, but um, from a, a broader perspective, we've been teaching fitness classes, <laughs> parents and kids classes where, where a PT, where a PE teacher, we're wearing about 20 different work hats at the moment, but that's all part of it. And so we're able to affect that and inspire that healthy change on a broader scale. And so we're doing, you know, exercise classes for Deloitte and Energy Australia, and they're all loving them. And we're getting to teach class to, you know, hundreds of people and give seminars about posture. And that just stuff really excites me because I'm able to you know, talk to, to more people, which is my number of my favorite thing to do, but also educate them around. I think we forget as physios and as active people, those people who are sitting at the desk and those corporate workers, they forget a lot of these things and they don't know, they haven't had exposure to all of this information. So it's really exciting that we're able to educate them around that. So it's been really, really good. Without putting bells and whistles on it, there has been many a hard time and many a stress, but um, I think we're very lucky in that we have learned those soft skills. We've build those relationships and we have that adaptability and that flexibility that we could you know make a go of it ourselves and be able to help people through this challenging time what about yourself yeah look absolutely I, I i totally agree i think i won't go into too much detail on my thoughts on overusing passive interventions as a as a physical <laughs> that's probably a topic for a different um another day <laughs> for another day but yeah absolutely i think it has presented this this opportunity for our profession as a whole to 
to you to get better at using our soft skills our communication and education skills our exercise prescription skills and it's probably forced obviously we've been forced into into a position like this but i feel like you know um it really will bring what i feel are the the real like values that physiotherapy can bring to an individual or to a group of people a group of individuals it brings it to the fore because we we as you say we can't do any passive intervention i can't do any dry needle i can't do any kind of massage or whatever and 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 look as as we've discussed before it definitely has a place i'm not saying that 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 those kind of passive interventions aren't necessary i'm not saying that for one second Mm. but i it's the overuse of them or the overemphasis on them Mm. and i feel like Mm. as as covid19 has gone on over the last six seven months it has presented as i say an opportunity for our profession to to kind of move forward you know but yeah and mm. i think another thing that i feel has been really beneficial from certainly from the, the the virtual classes is being able to address or influence a broader audience and mm. i know myself and yourself have spoken about this in in a lot of our meetings with the workplace wellness team in in, in work and i guess there are there's a there's a group of of individuals that maybe would be, have been a little bit reluctant to to attend, say, a face-to-face exercise session for fear of, of maybe embarrassment or if they had never done any exercise before, it might have been quite a daunting thought or a daunting idea for them to, to attend an exercise mm-hmm. session. Whereas now with the virtual platform, you know, you can do a, a Zoom exercise session and not turn your camera on. And there have been some really nice examples over the last three months of people who have actually come to us and told us that, oh yeah, I was gonna, I, I attended your first you know parents and kids class and i i watched it i you know i didn't i didn't actually participate but i watched it and it looked like a lot of fun so i decided to join in the following week and i i really enjoyed it and got a lot from it and i felt really good for the rest of the day so Mm -hmm. i think there's definitely that subgroup of people who in the past we would not we wouldn't have influenced wouldn't have got anywhere near them because as i say there there might have been that fear of, of whether it was embarrassment or just as I say exercise is just this alien thing to them and they just didn't want to to come whereas now we have the opportunity to to kind of influence these people which has been great yeah again I suppose sticking with COVID-19 and and moving away a little bit from from physio it has obviously been quite a challenging and a trying time I know we've we've spoken about the opportunities presented but as you said we're not putting bells and whistles on it it has been quite a a challenging and, and trying time in terms of your yourself what have you been kind of doing to I know myself and yourself are obviously very big into exercise, probably to a fault with our competitive nature. (laughs) Um, But I guess mainly really looking at your mental health, is there anything that you've done yourself to to stay on top of your mental health over the last six months? Yeah, I think it's a really important um, point to discuss. There's a bit of taboo, isn't there, always around mental health, but when discussing physical health, always it's always so important to address the mental health as well because they come hand in hand especially during these covid times i don't know if there's anybody that hasn't experienced you know a bit of anxiety or stress or 
feeling a bit low with the uncertainty. And especially for us Irish here in Australia, I would say it, it, it is challenging time being that far away from your families. You know, we'd all love to go home and see our family, get a couple of berries, a bit of mammy's brown bread, fight with, uh, fight with my four siblings over socks or something stupid. But it would be, that's our ideal and we can't do that. So it's about trying to be kind to yourself, I think, and being able to zone out and give your mental health some time. You and I, as you said, are very focused on physical health. I'm so guilty of it. I'm, I used to say kilometers wash my worries away and I truly believe that. And I still do. I still highly value exercise and running is something I'm very passionate about and walking and just movement. I'm very much a doer like yourself. We're both very similar in that we love exercise and we know how good it is for us, but we really have to zone in and educate our clients and ourselves around mental health. And that's really what I've been trying to do for the last six months is listen to podcasts, open up my mind to questioning things, question communication, question, you know, why am I feeling this way or that way? And just a general awareness. I think that's the first step is an awareness of mental health and why I'm feeling this way and it's okay to feel this way and and can I figure out why and for me every every single person is different and I'm not an expert but for me a lot of a lot of it is pressure to achieve and I think certain a lot of physios are probably similar in that we're perfectionists we like to achieve we like you know we get the top marks we get our first class honors degree we we're very athletic we like this and that and we're always used to doing more and more and for me that that's that does allow you to achieve a lot, but it can be to your detriment as well. So for me, it's recognizing that, you know, every run doesn't have to be the fastest run or every work day doesn't have to be the best work day of your life. So for me, it's just stripping that back and realizing to settle down a little bit. And I've, I've took, taken to a new, a new strategy. I'm always trying new things, but my latest one is called a maintenance list. And from a person, everyone who knows me, they'll know I'll always have a to-do list on the go. So it'll be, you know, 30 minutes of learning and 20 minutes of this and this type of run and that. And instead of that, I stripped all that away because I was like, you know what, I don't need this extra pressure in this already testing time. And I've done a maintenance list. And so what a maintenance list is, a little thing, a couple of things that I do every day that I know will help me to fill up my cup. So though by the end of the day, I have enough energy myself to give to all my clients and to give to my boyfriend and my friends and all of that. And so little things like having a long shower, having a cup of tea with a bit of chocolate, what else is there? Speaking to my family, going for a run, and having a phone-free hour or two hours or whatever it might be. So just tiny little things that you might think are simple, but often they will slip through the cracks when you're trying to do so much other stuff. And I've really found that useful. I've just, I've looked at it at the end of the day and I'm like, okay, well, what, what else do I need to do for myself now to be able to give to others? Might sound a little bit selfish, but when you're in, in the physiotherapy profession, it's necessary to have, you know, enough energy to give to your clients. And so that's one thing I found really, really useful. So maybe some of you can try it. Let me know how you go. Oh, what about you? I think that's, that's fantastic. Cause I think one, one of the things certainly may, maybe not so much for us in Melbourne in the second lockdown, but certainly back in March, April, there was this almost this pressure on people to learn a new language, to pick up an instrument, to, you know, bake banana bread, bake banana bread. We had all this spare time. So, you know, people putting themselves under pressure to be productive. And at the end of the day, look, it's, it's a horrible situation. So if you get through this with your mental health and your physical, physical health intact, in my opinion, you, you, you've won, you've won COVID, you know, yeah. so that's um, survival mode. Absolutely survival mode. So I think that's, that's really, really good. And, and I know for me, I'll certainly be getting my maintenance list, um, getting my <laughs> maintenance list going pretty soon.
then, Cloda, before we finish up, I do have two questions for you. So my first question, you probably realized I got you on um, got you on as my first guest today. And I did mention before that I wasn't going to just purely talk about physio. And as I said, the first thing I did the <laughs> physio on, but I did have a little bit of a hidden agenda and I kind of was kind of hoping that you might love talking to me so much that you'd agree to be my co-host. So my first question for you <laughs> is, will you, will you join me again for episode two? <laughs> Any excuse to talk more? Of course, sure, go on, I will. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And my second question for you, finally, just to wrap everything up, obviously you've talked a lot about your journey so far and I guess coming from Ireland through to New Zealand and then obviously from Australia. Looking back on everything, if you were to give one piece of advice to a younger Clodagh Burrell, what would that piece of advice be? Oh, that is a hard one. Just one. I have about a million. <laughs> no, I actually sounds a bit cliche, but you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't really change anything because I believe the only way you um, decide and find your kind of true passion and values is through learning and through failing. And I've had so many failings along the way. I probably wouldn't change things, but. Just some things like, you know, especially with physio related, try not to live by the textbook. <laughs> Every single client is different. Um, challenge your thinking, your own thinking and others. Be confident with your clients, but humble with your peers. Always want to ask questions, ask why people are doing things, ask yourself why. And just not give a hoot about what people think. Well, that's, your, that's always your one, what you say. It's that we do so many things because we should do it. And I feel like you know, we should, especially when we're growing up in Ireland, we should go to uni and we should build a house and we should get married and we should have our kids and blah, blah, blah. Try to just figure out what makes you tick and what you love and what you want to do. Amazing. That's really, really good. Well, look, thank you so much for joining me today, Clauda. And um, yeah, thank you for everyone who has listened to the episode today. And uh, I guess we'll both see you for episode two. So hopefully our next episode will be a little bit less physio -y. But we'll, um, we'll, we'll see you all for episode two. So thanks very much for listening. Thanks, Rianne.